0: what a wonderful Torah portion we have and how significant that this Torah portion which concludes Genesis should be read at this time because it has a great deal of significance in relationship to Christmas as we have just read. Now in Genesis 49, 8 through 12 where we read, Jacob gives a prophetic blessing to his children and there are three aspects, references in this portion that give us the idea of the king, the messianic king, that will come from the tribe of Judah. The first reference you saw was where it talked about lion and lion's cub, and this reference in Judaism has commonly come to be known as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and it's a popular motif in Jewish art and has acquired messianic associations. The second reference is scepter and ruler's staff from between his feet. Until he who comes, until he to whom it belongs will come. And I mean, he came, didn't he? He came, and he will come again. The third reference is to vine and wine. These are symbols of kingship. The wine symbols, along with the bread, are both present. In the story of Melchizedek and represent his status as priest and king. The bread being the internal symbol of the priesthood and the wine being the symbol of kingship. Now, the bread and wine are also used in Passover, and of course, Yeshua used these symbols in his redemptive role as both high priest and king. So, what could be more fitting than to have these messianic symbols and prophecies in a Torah portion? than at this time, this Christmas season. Now, the fulfillment of these prophecies begin to take place with the birth narratives in the first and second chapters of Luke. In these chapters, as well as throughout his book, Luke is always emphasizing Jerusalem. Many of his stories take place in Jerusalem. And not only just Jerusalem, but many take place in the temple, which is always preeminent in the Lucan stories. And this can see in the birth narratives because after the, the prologue, the brief introduction Luke gives, he begins with Zechariah in the temple, the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Then he also has the story of Simeon and Anna, which also take place in the temple. And his second chapter ends with Yeshua being in the temple at age 12. So when you read Luke, you always got to be aware of the significance. Luke places in Jerusalem and in the temple. Now, the other major theme to be aware of in reading Luke is the role and the work of the Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach is specifically mentioned in the birth narrative in regarding to Miriam, to Elizabeth, to Zechariah, and Simeon. I'd love to go into this more detail, but I think you've got a sermon, don't you, Tom? But I do want to briefly mention about Miriam. She was a remarkable person that has not received her due in most Protestant circles. Now, in Catholicism and other denominations, she's honored, and revered, and sometimes too much. But in Protestant, we often kind of tend to ignore her, and this is a shame. There should be some sense of balance here. For Mary, Miriam is unique among the ancestors of our faith. She shows us some astounding virtues. As a young teenage girl, she has complete faith and trust in God. And as the angel visited her, she said to, to, to the angel, Let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me. Which is the same kind of like uh, what Sharon said, he, nay. need." this recognition of here I am, let it be done to me according to your word. Now, two weeks ago, Chris talked about radical obedience. No arguing, no seeking a compromise, no doubting, no hesitancy. And that's what Miriam shows us, just let it be done according to your word. And then the words of Elizabeth. Elizabeth said to her, she blessed Blessed is she who trusted that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by Adonai. And like last week, Johannes talked about Judah and his character. Miriam was a person of great character. Her humility and her devotion to the Lord to Adonai constantly amazes me. We can compare her and talk to her, uh, compare her with the other great heroines of the faith, with Ruth, Queen Esther, and Hannah, and Hannah's Prayer. We can also compare her to Miriam, Moses' sister, to Deborah, and other women of outstanding character. But Miriam is unique and stands alone. How did she acquire this spirit? Not only was she a woman of strong and mature character, but she had a strength and a depth of knowledge of Scripture as expressed in her song and her prayer that we read. This song is filled with quotes and allusions and echoes from the Hebrew Scriptures. In these few verses, some estimate there may be as many as 50 Old Testament references. It's just steeped in this idea and in knowledge and understanding of the Scriptures. How did she come by this? Sure, she was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but still came out of the depth of her being and her knowledge and her training and her understanding. There are some scholars who believe that Miriam was born in Jerusalem and that she was dedicated to the temple service at age four, just like Samuel. It was during this time that she was trained in the scriptures. Now, this is speculation. It's not fully known. But we know that Mary did have a good grasp of scripture and understanding. And if we could have had time to unpack this verse by verse, we could see her humility, her wisdom, her devotion, and we could get a better glimpse of her heart. But I just want to focus on one thing out of her prayer, the opening sentence. My soul magnifies Adonai, and my spirit greatly rejoices in God my Savior. What was she feeling? What was she experiencing? I can only begin to understand just a little bit of how she felt. I feel that they're not really words to describe just how much her soul magnified or Adonai or how much her spirit really rejoiced in God. The awe and wonder and the glory of God and the great things he had done for her, for Israel and for the nations. During this Christmas season and beyond, I will continue to meditate on the example she has set for me. Now, we approached that somewhat this morning in service in our In our reading of Psalm 97, this glory and this wonder and praising of God, in the Shema, in the Amidah, in the Mikamoka. we have entered into some of this worship and this praise, and we need to continue to do that during this season. So let us join Miriam in magnifying and rejoicing in the coming of the Messiah. Let our spirits rejoice in Adonai, and let our hearts join the angels in singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Shalom to men of goodwill. Shabbat shalom.